your joy is coming. I know it is. Jesus, my life. Hallelujah, hallelujah. With him, I know I can take it. With him, I know. I feel like having some church in here. No matter what we do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jesus, my life is in. Every person that's going through, lift your hands and say with me. I know I can. I know that I can. I got a witness in here somewhere. I know. No matter what may come my way. Jesus, my life is in. Oh, I love you so much, Jesus. With you, I know I can. Oh, bless your name, Jesus. No matter what may come my way. I know you can make it. I know you can. No matter what may come my way, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I know I can take it. I feel it all in my spirit right now. I feel it. No matter what may come my way. Praise God, everybody. Praise God. We thank God for you being with us this morning. I'm Dr. D.Z. Cofield, senior pastor here at the Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church of Houston, Texas. And we want to thank you for joining us today, allowing us into your personal space so we can encourage your heart, inspire your spirit to become all that God wants you to be. Now, we are committed to loving God, loving all people and changing the world in order to make disciples of Jesus Christ. And we are grateful to God because you have taken the opportunity to be with us today and we don't take it for granted. You're not watching to make us a big church. We are here to help you become the biggest and best Christian you can possibly be. This is the day that
that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Our scripture reading comes from Psalm 113, beginning at verse 1, and we are reading from the New Living Translation. It reads as follows. Praise the Lord. Yes, give praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord now and forever. Everywhere from east to west, praise the name of the Lord. For the Lord is high above the nations. His glory is higher than the heavens. Who can be compared with the Lord our God who is enthroned on high? He stoops to look down on heaven and on earth. He lifts the poor from the dust and the needy from the garbage dump. He sets them among princes, even the princes of his own people. He gives the childless woman a family, making her a happy mother. Praise the Lord. We've come today to give God glory and honor, and we want to help you facilitate worship in your life. Let's go to God in prayer and ask God's blessings on our time today. Father, we thank you and we bless you for this day we pray now that our offering of worship and praise that the sacrifice of our lips will be acceptable in your sight wherever we are near and far homes apartments wherever we are god let our worship be acceptable to you as we come to lift you up you have said in your word if we lift you up you will draw all men unto you so help us today it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Come on, if you're at home, put your hands together wherever you are. Lift your hands and let's get ready to give God some praise. Praise, praise the Lord, everybody. Come on, if you believe that our God is a great God, come on, open your mouth wherever you are and let's give him praise. Come on, let's worship together, everybody. Water, you turn sick. Water, you turn into wine. Open the eyes of the blind. Open the eyes of the blind. There's no one. There's no one like you. There's none like you, Lord. None like you. Into the darkness you shine. Into the darkness you shine. Out of the ashes we rise. Out of the ashes we rise. today our God is greater to say our God is great our God is strong our God is strong God you are higher God you are higher than any other our God is healer our God is healer. awesome in power awesome in power our God Stop us. And if our God is with us, then what can stand? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what can stand? One more time. And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, 
When we call on that name, what can stand against us? Yes. When we call on the name of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, say, what can stand? Somebody open your mouth and call the name of Jesus. Clap your hands, everybody. Hallelujah. How many of you know that there is no God like our God? Come on, lift this praise with us. There's no God like Jehovah. There's no God like Jehovah. Oh, no. There's no God like Jehovah. There's no God. like Jehovah. There's no God like Jehovah. No God like Jehovah. There's 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 no God like Jehovah. Sing this with us. Say how great, how great is our God. Is our God. Sing with me. Sing with me how, great how great is our God. Oh, we'll oh, see. Let's sing that one more time, y'all. Say how great, how great is our God. Is our God. Everybody sing, sing with me. me how, great how great is our God. We lift you so that all will see how great, how great, how great is our God. Is come our on, God. clap your hands, clap your hands, come on, clap your hands, come on, come on. How many of you know his name is above all names? Say you're the name. Do that one more time. You're the name above all names. You're the name above all names. You're worthy of our praise. And my heart will sing. Let's go to the next part, y'all.
Somebody, wherever you are, just shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, Jesus. Bless the wonderful name of Jesus. He's still performing miracle after miracle, still today. Yes. Come on. I know he's performed a miracle in my life. We declare you, O oh God, to be able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think. You're the God of miracles. Signs and wonders, we believe in your power. We believe in your power. You're the God of miracles. Signs and wonders, we believe in your power. We believe in your power. You're the
everybody praise God praise God let's go to God in prayer and ask God's blessings on our time today father we thank you and we bless you for this day for this singular moment that you have given to us uh, this salient time to remind us that each morning we receive new mercies and we ask now God that you will bless our time in your word We've celebrated your word in song. Now bless us in your word as it goes forth. We pray now in this preaching moment that as your word goes forth, it will find fertile ground in the hearts and minds of people. That good seed would find good soil. Good soil will get good water and good seed that has found good soil and has gotten good water will produce great fruit. We love you and we ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. So this past week, a home right next door to me was sold. And, and it's been interesting because I've watched the entire process of this home changing hands, going through a complete renovation process, going on the market and then being sold. Here's what happened. My neighbor tragically passed. And when he passed, the home sat there for several days. And then the home was eventually settled in the will. But the home still sat there. Needed somebody to come in. It had been broken into a couple of times. I was watching the house. One person moved in just to maintain some kind of presence there. And then finally, the house was sold to some investors. They're going to develop the house. So I spoke to the realtor who was also managing and overseeing the investment process and the renovation process. Uh, she had a helper who was working with her. And I met with one of the principal owners and I watched them gut that house. As a matter of fact, they even came over to my house to get some ideas, right? 
But here's what was interesting. For days, there were trenches dug around the house. And there were these huge um, concrete-like pylons. And they were digging and digging and digging. And so I asked the question, I said, what, what are they doing? And I was told that they were getting the foundation set, that the foundation wasn't right. They wanted to make sure the house was level. Now, now listen to me carefully. Before they did anything on the inside, before they began building any cabinets, installing new windows, before they began putting up new sheetrock, before they began doing any of that work, they spent time under the house making sure the foundation was right. Somebody may ask the question, why was that so important? Well, they understood what many of us don't know. If the foundation is not right, whatever you do on the inside will probably not be at the highest level because you have to make sure that the foundation is right. You've got to make sure that the house is level. Listen to me, my brothers and sisters. How many of us try to fix up our houses figuratively on the inside? And we want to put up new curtains and new paint and bring in new appliances. But the truth of the matter is, none of those things are really going to be able to function at their best capacity if the foundation is not right. And for your life, God says, let's get the foundation right. Today, we're beginning a series of messages entitled The Joy Campaign. And the Joy Campaign is a campaign that I've been working on for a couple of years now, and God has literally just released me to do it. And our sub-theme is how to live a joy-filled life in a trouble-filled world. We're studying through the book of Philippians. And today I want to begin that series. And I want to speak to you from this thought, the foundation for a joy-filled life the foundation for a joy-filled life. See, many of us are looking for the right thing, but we're looking for it in the wrong places. And we think the transient temporal things of life are going to bring us joy. And no, they are never intended to bring us joy because those things can never be the source of our joy. They may be the source of our happiness, but they cannot be the source of our joy. And I'll explain that as we go through this series. Philippians chapter 1. And our message today will begin with Philippians 1 verses 1 and 2. Now I need to tell you something about preaching and teaching through a book of the Bible. Um, preaching has as its goal exhortation to change your behavior and change what you do as opposed to simply giving you new information and kind of overloading you with that. There's so much in this passage that literally, if I were going to teach it verse by verse and word by word, I would literally be in this first verse and the second verse for the next two weeks, minimally, maybe three. 
But today I want to highlight some homiletical points to give you some things to hold on to to help you immediately put the word of God into practice in your life. Now, let me give you a little background on the book of Philippians, just so you know what we're looking at. The book of Philippians was written by the Apostle Paul. It was written sometime between 60 and 63 A.D. when he was in prison and is considered one of the prison epistles of the Apostle Paul, including Ephesians, Colossians, and Philemon. Uh, What's interesting is this church of Philippi was founded on Paul's second missionary journey. And for those of you who would like to study it, go to Acts chapter 16. He writes to all of the saints of Jesus Christ who are in Philippi. And he writes this book for several reasons, but let me give you one of the key ones I want to emphasize today. Paul writes, if for no other reason than to encourage the Philippian church and to thank them for the help that they have provided for him in their ministry. When he went to Philippi and organized the church, It wasn't the grand, fast-track, warp kind of church plant that many of us think about when we think about church planting. They met in a woman's house by the name of Lydia. We'll talk about her as we grow through this series. And they bought together... They brought together a kind of ragtag group of people who gave their life to the Lord. And those were the people that Paul began organizing the church of Philippi with. But he got into some problems in his preaching and teaching of the gospel. There were some people who came against him. And so the apostle Paul, in the midst of starting this church, had to leave. And in his leaving, he left this new church in a very vulnerable state. But guess what? The church of Philippi began to grow. Now, one of the reasons Philippi was chosen is because Philippi was the gateway to Europe. It laid on the great Roman road known as the Ignatian Way. And this was a way that would literally take people from the east to the west from Asia to Europe and back again. And so it's in this very pivotal place that Paul organizes this church of Philippi. And literally God uses the church at Philippi to spread the gospel around the world. And I need somebody to know today that God not only wants to do that with the church of Philippi, God wants to do that through you. You may not see it. You may not understand it. But God has something wonderful that he is trying to do in you and to you and eventually wants to do through you. The question is, will you allow God to have his way in your life? So let's begin now looking at the foundation of a joy-filled life. Somebody may ask, well, why, why are you titling this the Joy Campaign, and why are you connecting this with the book of Philippians? Well, 16 times in four chapters, the word joy or derivative of it, rejoice, is in the book of Philippians. God is concerned about our joy and understanding what joy is. But let's start with our first point. Number one, you must define yourself by whose you are, not what you have. You must define yourself by whose you are and not what you have. 
This letter, verse 1, Philippians chapter 1, is from Paul and Timothy, slaves of Jesus Christ. I am writing to all of God's holy people in Philippi who belong to Christ Jesus, including the elders and deacons. The ESV translation says, Paul and Timothy, servants of Jesus. And it's interesting because this is a very unique way that Paul begins this epistle. Uh, typically, Paul will declare uh, his episcopacy, his, his, his ecclesiastical uh, office in the church of Jesus Christ. He will, he will remind people that he speaks not as one who is just simply transmitting what he heard, but what he has experienced for himself. But in this book, in this book that chronicles for us joy, Paul puts aside all titles and all pretenses. And he simply says, Timothy and I, slaves of God, servants of Jesus Christ. Now, somebody said, why is that important? Well, that word servant is an interesting word. It's the Greek word doulos. And it literally means a bond slave. Um, there, there was a difference between that New Testament servant and that New Testament slave or the bond slave. Right. The servant could literally hire themselves out. And typically they would hire themselves out to the highest bidder and they would hire themselves out for a specific amount of time. But the bond slave, the, the, the one who had been the servant, the do loss, uh, he was completely or she was completely and totally owned by their master. They served at the will of their master. Paul doesn't talk about what he has. He doesn't talk about what he lost. He doesn't talk about the position he has. He doesn't even use his formal title. He doesn't say, I'm Paul, uh, Episcopos Paul. I'm Presbyteros Paul. He says, I am slave Paul. And by the way, Timothy is with me. He's a slave as well. A slave of Jesus Christ. Now, here's why this is important. You can't have joy when you're the slave of something other than Jesus. If, if your uh, relationship with God is not positioned in a way where you see your life totally at the whim and will of the Lord and you don't see yourself as serving at the will of the Lord, then you cannot have joy. Why? Because when you focus on other things, now you cannot have joy. All you can have is happiness. Some of y'all looking at the meter strange. Let me put a quarter in the meter and park here because I can feel you looking at me strange. Let me see if I can make it make sense to you. If my goal and objective in life and I define my self-worth based on the positions that I have, then I will only feel so good about myself when I'm an administrator, but I'll feel better if I'm a chief administrator. But if I'm the chief administrator and a vice presidency is higher 
I can't enjoy my chief administrative position because I'm trying to become the VP. And then if I'm the VP and I want to become the executive VP, I want to become the EVP. Here I am going after that. I can't have joy. And I'll talk about the relationship between joy and peace later on, but I can't have the joy that God wants me to have because everything is based upon something else happening in my life. If it's based on what I have, if it's based on where I live and what I drive, then what happens when I define myself by those temporal things that move out the way many times outside of my control? What what happens to my joy if my house burns down? And that was the source of my pride and joy. What, what happens if that child that I, I, I was putting everything into now lives their life and lets me down, right? What, what happens to that car that I would wax and wash religiously? What happens when the car is totaled? What, what happens to me, not on the outside, but on the inside? Paul says, Let, let's get down to brass tacks, where and how and with what do you define who you are? Let me tell you something about this this idea of of being a slave. See, God, God says, you and I, if we are really going to have a foundation of joy in our lives, have to learn how to separate ourselves from all of the other stuff in life. And get down to what really matters. And I don't know about you, my brothers and sisters, but COVID-19 has done a great job of purging and pruning many of us. Oh, yeah, we've been purged and pruned. We have found out the stuff that we said, I can't live without. God says, oh, yes, you can. The stuff that you have looked at and you said, Lord, I, I, I can't. I just couldn't go through it. Lord said, oh, no, you're going to go through it. And I'm going to bring you through it better than when you went in. The people that you said you couldn't live without, you can't see now. The things that you said you couldn't live without have passed away. The positions that you said, you know what, this is who I am. And you defined yourself by your job. And that job that you defined yourself by and the title that you defined yourself by, you have been furloughed from. And God says, now, where's your source of happiness? He said, you better come on back home. You better come on back to me. Paul says, it starts with me understanding that I am a slave of Jesus Christ. I am a willing servant of Jesus Christ. He is the source of my strength. He is the strength of my life. And he is the one, listen carefully. That helps me to define who I am. Not cars, cash, commodities, or creature comforts. Not the things that drive us in the world. God says, no, you need to define yourself by me. Because your joy in life is never going to be in stuff. It always has to be in him. It always has to be in him. You must become his slave. 
and do what he says. And can I tell you something else that's freeing about that? I got to tell you this. What's freeing about knowing that you are his slave is that you come to understand that he is the owner and you are the steward. Now, somebody said, well, why is that important? Because there's less pressure being the servant than it is being the owner. Uh, that there's a different kind of pressure. I was, I was watching a show and uh, they, were, they were talking to one of the greatest background singers of all time. Uh, her name is Lisa Fisher and she has uh, front stage gifts without question. I've had an opportunity to see her perform. She's a tremendous singer and she has sung background for uh, star after star and they encouraged her. Said, listen, Lisa, you're so good. You, 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 need to, you need to cut your own album. And so she did that. She cut her own album. She was a solo artist, uh, had a song, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Go Gold. She won a Grammy. Oh, man, all kinds of success on the fast track. And guess what she did? Left that front mic and went back to singing background. And they asked her, why would you do that? She said, there's a pressure being out front. She said, you know what I realized? Every time I walked out the door, there were cameras and people were interested in my life. I had no privacy. She said, and then I was responsible, not just for taking care of myself, but I had to plan tours and concerts because now I was responsible for feeding 30 people who lived off of my success or failure. She said, I didn't want that pressure. I like getting up now and I don't have to put on makeup and just go to the store. And nobody's bothering me. Nobody's trying to take pictures of me. Nobody's worrying about who I'm dating or anything. Because there's a pressure when you are the owner that you don't have when you're the steward or the manager. Listen to me carefully. For some of you, the joy that you desire is rooted in part in you learning how to release responsibility that belongs to God that is really not yours. There's some things in life people will ask me questions and I am quick to tell them that's above my pay grade. <laughs> Nothing I can tell you about that. No need of me trying to get my little mind to wrap around that great big problem. I want to experience the joy of the Lord in my life. And I understand the joy of the Lord is tied to me getting as close to him as possible. First Corinthians six, beginning at verse 19. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you whom you have from God? You are not your own for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Highlight that you were bought with 
a price. You were paid for. You are a slave of God because you are paid for. Now, please don't, don't allow that word slavery to cause some of you to bristle in rebellion. I understand it because when you think about slavery, we think about the slavery of African people in this country and the most brutal, heinous form of slavery the world has seen, chattel slavery in this country that was not only to enslave us in terms of work, but it also enslaved us in terms of our minds and it stripped us of who we were or our identity. But I hear, I'm here to tell you that's not the slavery that God is talking about. The slavery that God is talking about is the freedom to be a servant of one who loves you, cares for you, watches out for you unconditionally and will help you become all that you want to be. God says, let me be the master of your life. Let me guide your life. Let me direct your life. Let me control your life. Ephesians chapter 6, beginning at verse 6, the amplified translation, not in the way of eye service as if they were watching you, and only to please men, but as servants, slaves of Christ, doing the will of God heartily and with your whole soul, rendering service readily with goodwill as to the Lord and not to men. He says that's how we are to serve. That's how we are to live our lives. Not service as unto men, but service as unto God. Who are you trying to please in the life that you live? Are you trying to please men and women or are you trying to please God? And I submit to you, my brothers and sisters, far too often, and I'm including myself in this declaration, far too often, if we're not doing it directly, we are indirectly trying to please people and we want the approval of people more than we want the applause of God. Colossians 3, beginning at verse 23. Whatever may be your task, work at it heartily from the soul as something done for the Lord and not for men, knowing with all certainty that it is from the Lord and not from men that you will receive the inheritance which is your real reward. The one whom you are actually serving is the Lord Christ, the Messiah. He says that's who you're serving. And listen, it's who you work for, who you work for, and it's what you work for that will really position you to lay a good foundation for joy in your life. Who you working for? I got one master. Got one master. Jesus said you cannot serve God and mammon. You will love one and hate the other. You will love one and despise the other. You've got to choose who is going to be your master? And with things the way they are now, the way things were before, the way things change in this world, the fact that we live in a world where people love money and use people instead of using money and loving people, 
The fact that we live in a world where we define our self-worth by our net worth. And when somebody asks you who you are, before you can even talk about who you are, if you ever talk about who you are, you talk about what you have and what you do and where you live. Because you're more comfortable talking about stuff than talking about you. I submit to you that those things become the source of your joy and it's no wonder you don't have any joy. Because not only have you substituted happiness for joy, but you're not even in the right place to experience true joy. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for today and I thank you for helping us observe the Apostle Paul and defining ourselves uh, or redefining ourselves, not by what we have, but helping us to redefine ourselves by whose we are. God, one of the things that you have done in the midst of this pandemic is reminded us of what really matters in life. That when those things that we have built a false sense of security on are gone, when we're not able to do the things that we used to do to make us feel the way we used to feel, At the end of the day, God, you challenge all of us to come back home, come back to you, and make sure that foundational relationship is right. And so we ask you to bless now as only you can. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you're watching today, I want you to know we count it as a privilege that you're with us, and I pray that the word of God has helped you. If you are watching and you do not know the Lord in the pardon of your sins, I want you to take this moment to make sure it's right with God. Um, Those of you who would like to uh, do some other things, worship the Lord in giving, um, let us know how much you enjoyed the service, share this service, praise God for that. But for the person that's watching right now, you don't know Jesus in the pardon of your sins. You've never asked Jesus Christ into your life, or maybe you're unsure of your salvation. I want to talk to you for a moment. The Bible says in 1 John that you should know that you have eternal life. There should not be any guessing about it because it's not based on your feelings. It's based on your faith. And it's not based on what you do or how you live. It's based upon what Jesus has already done on the cross, the finished work of salvation on Calvary. And so I want to give you an opportunity today to pray that prayer, to ask God into your life. Now listen to me carefully. There's nothing magical or miraculous about the prayer, the words itself. It's about you praying this prayer and meaning it in your heart and asking Jesus Christ into your life. And I believe if you pray this prayer, that you will be saved at that moment that the Lord will save you. He'll save you. 
next week, we'll talk about what it means to be in the family of God and why, why that is so pivotal to you having a foundation for joy. But I want you today to have an opportunity to get it right with God. So wherever you are, near or far, in this country or another part of the world, the wonderful thing about our God is that you may not be able to get here to this physical location in Houston, Texas, but I want you to know God can get to you wherever you are and can save you wherever you are. Repeat after me the words of this prayer. And if you confess it with your mouth and believe it in your heart, I believe that God's word is true. Romans chapter 10, you will be saved. Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner and I need a savior. I want to turn away from my sinful life to live the life you have planned for me. Please forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me from my past and make me new. I believe your son, Jesus Christ, died for me. I believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead. At this moment, I confess, believe, and accept Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior to live in my heart from this day forward. Thank you for eternal life. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. We count it as done. Now listen, if you have prayed that prayer, I want to encourage you to go to our app or to go to our website and you will find a link there saying, I just got saved. Now what? I just got saved. And I want you to click on that. There are five hints that we want to give you, some helpful hints on how to begin your walk with God. We want to encourage you during this pandemic, during this season, when you can't go to a local church and get involved in the discipleship process as you normally would, I want to encourage you, go on our website. And if we can serve you here at the Good Hope Church, we want to do that as well. Wherever you are, um, we've literally launched the new ministry called I Hope Church. And I Hope Church has as its goal to help disciple you through the internet. Those of you who would like to give, you have an opportunity to give online. Um, there are multiple ways that you can give. And we want you to give as God leads you to give, as God has blessed you to give. The kingdom work is still being done here at Good Hope. We are just learning how to do it in a different way. And we thank God for that creativity here in our staff with our virtual children's church, our virtual youth ministry. But we still have some hands-on activities going on here on the campus as we are serving those who are in need, families who are hungry, 
hungry. We're blessing hundreds every week through our food pantry and our partnership with various organizations. Last week, we distributed masks and gloves, hand sanitizing material to those who were in need here on our campus. Man, what a tremendous opportunity to be a blessing to others. And I want to encourage you, if you would like to serve, we have people who are coming from other churches who are like, look, pastor, I I need to get some purpose in my life in the midst of what's going on. If you're not an essential worker or you haven't gone back to work yet and you'd like to come out and volunteer, you can find those volunteer opportunities on our website, on our app. Um, It's scrolling across the screen. We'll have all of those opportunities available for you as well. Come out on Wednesday or Tuesday or Thursday. Come out and allow the Lord to use you to bless somebody else. When Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive, he wasn't just talking about money. He was talking about the giving of ourselves as well. And if you have ever been a blessing to somebody else, you know you go intending to be a blessing to them. But doesn't it make you feel good when you bless them? Yeah, it's an absolute joy. Listen, thank you for being with us today here at the Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church. We're going to continue our look at the joy campaign as we move forward over the next several weeks. And I've got to tell you before I let you go, listen, if you'd like to be part of a small group, man, we would love for you to be part of our life groups. If you go to our website or our app, if you want to become part of a group, let us know, join, sign in, choose a group that you'd like to be a part of. Um, I think we have now maybe 40 or 50 groups that we have started and we're looking to have so many more. If you're watching from another country and you'd like to follow along with the curriculum as it is developed, we would love to have you facilitate a group wherever you are. You don't have to be a Bible teacher, a Bible expert. This is Socratically based around questions, discussion questions, and you can facilitate a group virtually. Use any of the multimedia platforms out there facilitate the group and help each other grow in the lord iron sharpens iron the writer of proverbs tells us and you can help sharpen each other and encourage each other as you go through this season of staying home and staying safe make sure that you do your part to help keep yourself safe safe and others safe Listen, remember, God is doing something wonderful in you. I'm excited about it. I hope you see it. If you don't see it, pray. Ask God, God, show me what you're trying to teach me. Show me what you want me to see so I can become all that you want me to be. All right? Until next time, God bless is my prayer. I'm Dr. D.Z. Cofield from the Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church of Houston, Texas. And I love you with the love of Jesus Christ.